Hello, you have reached episode 12 of Riot and Frolic. On today's episode, I'll be reading Dancing Out of Category, which I'll link to in the notes. Hi guys, welcome to Riot and Frolic, a mostly ballroom dance podcast i'll read dance-tastic posts from my blog complete with the volume emphasis unintended sidebars and accidental life lessons you'd expect a word from my favorite podcast on dancing the allowable steps for the proficiency level you've entered or not the law states that ignorance of the law means it don't apply. Okay, that's exactly how it does not work. When you dance out of category at a competition, meaning dancing steps that are in a higher level syllabus than the one in which you are currently competing, such as you're dancing gold steps in silver or you're dancing silver figures and you're registered for a bronze heat, There are three things that could be happening. Number one, you don't know what the allowable steps are in your current proficiency level. Number two, you are misinterpreting the language of the rules and regulations listed for the proficiency levels. And number three, you don't care about dancing the appropriate steps for the level at which you are competing. Please note, dancing steps that are at a lower level syllabus than the one you are currently competing in is always okay. I.e., dancing bronze steps in silver or dancing silver figures in gold, etc., etc. And then I have in brackets link to my own article. Um, I have articles, posts, blogs about just about everything at this point, and I actually don't have that linked in the blog. I will link it in these notes. Anyways, let's take a look at these three circumstances in reverse or to the left. (laughs) It's so much worse when you read it. Oh my gosh, the pun. Get it? Because it's a reverse turn to the left. Thank you. Number three, if you don't care about dancing the appropriate steps for the level at which you are competing. I respect that, sort of. There are many comps that are unsanctioned by official organizations, namely the NDCA, USA Dance, WDC, or WDSF, where it doesn't matter which steps you are dancing because no one is concerned with the content of choreography at the event. There are many delightful regional weekend events, studio showcases, and performances where the most important aspect of the event is that the dancers get to dance. Whether it's for newbies or college kids or just some extra floor time for any level dancer, these events are meant to be fun community builders and not about cracking down on code or no new steps. And if you don't get that reference, do not pass go, do not collect $200, but go directly to Netflix and watch the 1992 cult classic Strictly Ballroom, which is not a documentary, but it which is more truth than satire. It is the best ballroom dance movie, in my slightly humble opinion. 
But if you are going to a sanctioned comp where there might be an invigilator, yes, that is how you say that name, invigilation. That's a person who watches competitors to make sure they are dancing in category and to merit out infractions and warnings as needed. I must have copied that from the rule book. Merit out infractions. You still don't have to care about the appropriate steps for the level at which you are dancing, but you should take advantage of the categories where which steps you do don't matter. (laughs) That was like a double negative. Let me explain. If one enters an open category, syllabi be damned. You can do whatever doohickeys you want to and judges can just deal with it. Opinions on giving them something substantial to deal with is another topic. For example, in NDCA competitions, there is an open bronze category you may enter. That means you can do whatever dips, tricks, spins, and syncopations you'd like, but you'll be judged at a bronze level. Mostly, is your posture all right and you're dancing on time? That's what people look for at the lower levels. Similarly, there's an open silver category where you can pivot to your heart's desire but are judged on a silver level. Is there some technique on those yonder hills? If you are going the amateur route, USA Dance has the novice category, which one can throw themselves into no matter the experience or dance training. Again, you can dance whatever you'd like, but you're judged against the other dancers on the floor who may or may not be doing some syllabus work and or made up some yuppa-da-ba-ba-da-ba moves. If you do choose to enter a syllabus event, bronze, silver, or gold, yes, gold syllabus does exist in all styles, and you don't care about which steps you're dancing, you should also be aware that you can get DQ'd or marked last, and as the pro in a pro-am situation, you are likely to piss off your client, please skip this option. Please skip this option. I'm going to do a sidebar on this one because uh, it happens. Um, If you're a newer pro and you put together some sweet choreography or you have some idea of the steps that you like to do lead follow wise and you teach them to your student and you go to a competition and you get invigilated you will likely be stressed out because you might not know all the options that you have for fixing the things that you have that are out of category if you are a teacher and you are a follow mainly lady teachers, and you have to get your guy to do something that he's been used to doing, but is actually out of category, that is a fun trip and does not work for everybody. And if you hear sound effects in the background, it is Gordon playing Legend of Zelda. Um, So we don't want to stress anybody out. Uh, If you have any questions about what moves their syllabus or what aren't, Please ask a qualified individual. All the NDCA judges I know are super well read on the syllabus. Uh, It's a lot. There's a lot of little finite details that are really enthralling for many of us to be up to date on. And they change a little bit to make sure that they're hitting all the right notes on all the different levels of proficiency. So if you ever have a question, doesn't matter what level you are, I've had some delightful people 
who are longtime teachers have to clarify some steps and it happens. Uh, so there you go. So on to number two. Uh, if you are missing misinterpreting the language of the rules and regulations listed for the proficiency levels. This seems like a big part of the problem when I've actually talked to people about dancing in category, like when it's come up, how to dance in category, it's this rule. Unfortunately for many amateurs, reading the rules and regulations without a whole lot of knowledge and experience and prior contact with previous iterations of said rules and regulations, meaning all the previous versions that have gone through for years, will lead to some incorrect conclusions about what many of the different terms mean. I recently had to explain that side-by-side work isn't allowed in bronze. Sorry, I should quote that. I recently had to explain that, quote, side-by-side work isn't allowed in bronze, unquote, does not refer to sliding doors or the passing basic to use the newest parlance in American Swing, whereby partners are visually side by side with one another. Although we could make this argument for many bronze steps, so many that it hurt my brain that this was even a question, but I love questions, so please keep asking. Side by side work often means partners are on the same foot in handhold or no hold, in either left side or right side position, doing some fancy shit. (laughs) If you don't know what that previous sentence meant, any of it, same foot, in handhold, no hold, left side or right side position, I think you all understand fancy shit, but that's fine, then you probably shouldn't be reading and interpreting the rules for yourself or others. Ooh. It is also a bummer when students learn a step that used to be legal yet no longer is and are convinced that they are in the right because Mr. or Miss so-and-so said it was acceptable. Note to pros, please keep up on your craft. And I might be like throwing myself under the bus here, but um, I haven't yet recently I did get invigilated a couple years ago and it was doing standard and I won't uh, say what the circumstances were because it was kind of a bummer for a lot of people at that time. But there was a syllabus going around that had steps in it that were silver, according to the ISTD. Um, And, but this certain syllabus had them in bronze. And so a whole bunch of people were using these silver internationally known steps in bronze and then got invigilated and it was a bummer. So good times. Um, so make sure you know what uh, syllabus people like to use the best. Uh, also Fred Astaire and Arthur Murray bronze syllabi are often a different level. That's why many Fred Astaire and Arthur Murray people will uh, enter open bronze categories in NDCA competitions as opposed to their closed Fred Astaire competitions. I am using so much lingo. Gosh, if you have questions, please ask. And to use another sidebar, uh, this number two about misinterpreting the language of the rules is the same thing that often happens with people when they're reading the book or the ISTD manuals. The Imperial Society of Teachers of Dance Manuals. Some people call them the red book or the blue books or gray books, whatever. 
Um, in any case, if you're reading up on the standard and Latin manuals, uh, many things can get misinterpreted, like the very literal directions that they give you versus how people actually dance it in Dance It Today versus when it was published, which I believe was about a hundred plus years ago. Um, so as handy as the written manuals and rules and directions on dancing are, you still need to be able to dance. They're almost a bit of a reminder on how to dance and not actually instructions on how to dance. Okay, so lastly, the number one thing that I wrote down is you don't know what the allowable steps are in your current proficiency level. And this is pretty legit at many levels for students. In most cases, it is not the student's responsibility to be quite conscious of where each of their moves lands on the proficiency spectrum. Ideally, they are learning at a reasonable rate from a qualified instructor who is teaching from the foundation and methodically working upwards through the technical and applicable aspects of dance. I did not write that down from a rule book, just by the way. That was just me. When competitions arise, that teacher would advise their student which levels they could compete in based on the content and technical abilities at that time or time in the very near future. But... If you are a student who is taking classes at many different levels from many instructors and might be dancing with many different partners, and you are registering yourself for a competition without the supervision of a professional or knowledgeable coach, you need to know what you're signing up for and what's involved or allowed in those categories. That means if you are not currently under the watchful eye of a delightful and judgmental professional, you should ask one to check out your routines, steps, or moves. Those all mean the same thing. To make sure you're not going to get called up to the judge's podium unawares and have to fix something on the spot that you are not capable of fixing on a moment's notice. Competitions for most people are pretty stressful in the first place, whether you enjoy the stress or not. That's that's just your personality type, I think. Um, But getting invigilated and then having to change something that you might be very well practiced at is stressful. And so let's try to keep competitions fun and easy. I can go more into that later. Uh, If you have any questions, please leave them in a comment on the blog. And if you want to argue with me about that, that's fun too. In other words, we're done. Go forth and conquer. Thanks for joining me today. If you picked up what I laid down, leave a review for the podcast. Come back next time. And in the meantime, go forth and practice.